With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Wednesday, January 6th. A uh, lot to talk about. We're talking about LA Galaxy. Uh, LA Galaxy signed uh, Greg Vanny yesterday. Today was a press call. It was exciting, man. If you heard Greg Vanny speak, motivated, he's an original G. Uh, I was telling this to many people that, like, you know, after his press conference, I want to go play with him. He's so motivating, and he just gets you going. And I think the LA Galaxy got it right. And here to help me talk about it all, we got the co-host of Corner of the Galaxy, Eric, a.k.a. The Hammer Vieira. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Thanks for, for having me on, Gio. It's a you know, pleasure to be on and talk some LA Galaxy. Whenever uh, anyone calls and says they want to talk some Galaxy, I'm, I'm always game for that. So even with <laughs> the craziness that's going on in the world, maybe this will be a nice distraction to to distract ourselves with some some nice soccer talk. Uh, it, again, on, on the biggest of days when they announced their head coach that we've been uh, we've been waiting, waiting for this announcement. And so nice to finally make it official. Yeah, yeah. And all along, I think most of us, you know, they're kind of in tune, had a feeling it would be Greg Vanny. And, you know, and now that they made it official, you know, after the year, start off, start off the news great. You know, Greg Vanny, uh, after, like I said, after he and him speak, like, he, I feel like this was the right choice. I know they had they had other candidates. They had Dominic Kinnear uh, was one of the candidates. But, uh, you know, after everything that, that happened with the LA Galaxy, I've really felt like they needed someone like Greg Vanny to come in, knows the DNA, knows what this club is about. You know, he talked about the crest. He talked about, you know, being committed and, you know, how they're going to play. And I think if you're a Galaxy fan today, you you have to be excited. I know there's a lot of work going on, but you you have to be excited of what's to come because you have the right the right person and the person that has the history and the knowledge of just making potentially making this club where it used to be. Yeah, and and that's the thing that uh, when they had Chris Klein, the president, speaking at the beginning with his opening remarks, one of the things that he mentioned, he said it it feels different, and that's something that stood out with me is it it does feel different. And then after hearing him speak, like you said, uh, it was motivating. It it just feels it feels different, and obviously it's going to feel different whenever there's a new manager. It's like a super obvious saying, but it it just seems like he has it. And, uh, and it's because of those connections to the club. And they talked about how the more they spoke to him, the more evident it became that he was the right guy for the job. So I know in like the global soccer world market, Greg Vanny isn't necessarily a household name, but I think for MLS and for the Galaxy, it's the right move. So it's not the the super sexy pick, but at the same time, it's the right pick. And I think it's someone who can uh, who has a long career ahead of them, possibly, you know, with, with all the resources that the galaxy bring, uh, obviously the roster is, there's a lot up in the air right now. Uh, so I think if, if he can get his, his buy-in, it's something that he mentioned, getting the players playing in the system, you know, playing for the crest. And that's something that he understands being one of the original members. And then, 
um, you know, and just someone with a, a pedigree as well. So it's, it's the resume as well. So while, you know, like I mean, I just mentioned that on the global world, you know, it's not necessarily a flashy move, but he has the resume in the domestic league. And I think that's something, uh, you know, I'm just going to come right out, say, and start comparing the managers. But with GBS, he had a little bit more of that cachet. He was more well-known around the world in the world of soccer. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to Major League Soccer, he maybe didn't understand some of those ins and outs and some of those things. It doesn't mean he's not a good coach and he won't be successful elsewhere. It just it wasn't the right fit for the Galaxy. And Greg Vanny, with the success he's had in MLS and understanding the inner workings of the club, you can tell that it was it's, it's the right fit at the right time. Yeah, and, and just just to add on to that point, I think also Dennis the close noted Dennis the close noticed that you need you need someone that has experience within the league, how the league works, you know, how to trade players, how to you know how to the you know the intangibles, the things that you don't really see on the day to day to day basis. That you know Guillermo coming from Boca, which is you know one of the best clubs in the world, right? But I, how tricky the MLS is, I think Dennis DeClose really realized that, hey, I need to bring in someone that's within the system, has success within the, the within Major League Soccer. And, and it's looking like, you know, as of right now and with his resume, um, they got it right. And especially everything I've seen um, from social media so far um, coming from the Galaxy side and the fans, they're very excited as well. They should be. Uh, before, before we get into more, I want to I want to get into you a little bit more. Um, how long have you been uh, with you with, cover, done doing the co-hosting w- w- with Josh at Corner Galaxy? And how long have you been uh, a Galaxy fan? Uh, so that way the listeners could get to know you a little bit more. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll rewind. I'm, I'm one of those uh, since 96 people. I've, I've been around since uh, the Galaxy first came around. I actually attended the first game. That's one of, you know, the favorite, my favorite stories is my dad took uh, me and one of my friends uh, to watch the LA Galaxy versus the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. And so we were there in attendance that first game. And as uh, you know, uh, you know, you mentioned my nickname being the Portuguese hammer coming from a Portuguese background. Soccer's always been something that's in our blood and that we've you know, you always want to support the game. So when there was a, you know, a league started in the United States, a local team in Los Angeles, I just latched on and was hooked in from that moment forward and just started following the team. And then with uh, the players that they had, Kobe Jones, Cienfuegos, uh, El Tanque uh, Hurtado, you know, all those players. And then as it went on, they just kept getting more and more superstars throughout the years. You know, you go through uh, you know, Landon Donovan and David Beckham, the Robbie Keane, the whole shebang. And then obviously with Zlatan, just kind of watching it escalate and grow uh, and seeing, you know, a club that, that started out with, you know, some of these players that were unknown, but watching it grow and you're signing these global superstars uh, being a supporter of the league since its inception. I, I've been right there along the way uh, in terms of a galaxy fan. Uh, as far as uh, my podcasting life, uh, I started doing a, a podcast called Guys in Shorts Sports uh, around 2016, uh, a group of friends and I, you know, always loved sports all our lives, and we all kind of loved Los Angeles sports teams. So kind of that Los Angeles angle that I know uh, you do here. So covering a lot of, you know, Lakers, Dodgers, uh, uh, Galaxy, you know, they even uh, the Rams were another team that they were covering when they first arrived. So, uh, you know, we talked about all the LA sports. And so from there, uh, since I was a soccer fan and a Galaxy fan, uh, listening to Corner of the Galaxy, we invited Josh on to to talk about the LA Galaxy, and uh, and so he came on and talked about it, and we kind of developed a little friendship and a rapport. And so he does his Thursday live shows with his uh, his co-hosts, and I ended up, uh, you know, he invited me on, and and the chemistry worked, and and from that point on, uh, I became a regular. So I kind of, 
you know, distance myself from, from the other podcasts and joined the corner of the galaxy team. And uh, I've been doing that. This will be my third season uh, co-hosting with Josh on Thursday. So it's been a lot of fun, gotten a lot of uh, cool access and experience with the team. So being a fan from the beginning and then coming full circle and kind of covering it, uh, you know, from a media perspective, it's just been a, a fun journey, a wild journey. And uh, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's the dream, you know, not necessarily the most lucrative uh, <laughs> thing in the world, but it's something that it's, it's fun to do and an excellent, uh, you know, uh, a passion project for me. Yeah. No, I mean, trust me, even for me, this is a passion project. They, they go a long way and, you know, the rewards that just come with it and just, you know, you know, having, you know, people like yourself come on here, it just makes it exciting so we can continue to talk about everything going on. And, and you know, you, th- that's the reason why I wanted you to share your story. Cause I know the deep, connection that you have with this team you know you've seen it from you know the beginning to its glory days and now the last couple of years you know honestly the galaxy if we're going to be honest the last four years it's, it's been it's been a struggle you know if yeah. we're going to be honest it's been a struggle but now i really do feel that they have life like they have it's a new life you know it's new year 2021 but it, i i have a sense right now that the la galaxy are gonna have more of that respect now with greg vanny at the helm uh, that I don't feel like they've had the last couple of years because of, yeah. you know, of the changes of the head coaching and stuff. But I think, I, I think today is a day that, okay, I feel like the LA galaxy are stable. You know, the foundation is going to be there. Obviously it's still going to have to be built. And, you know, Greg Vanny, man, like I said, after hearing him talk, it, it was just, it was just very exciting, um, you know, to have him there and also correlate with that, with the DNA of what, what this organization is really about. And, you know, when to have those players, once they put on the jersey, know what they represent, and to, to have Greg Vanny there is, is, is going to be really exciting. So I want I want to get into uh, you know Chris Klein today. He talked uh, they they had asked him about uh, Greg Vanny on the scouting, and he said that Greg Greg Vanny will have a say in that. And I think that uh, that that speaks of uh, to Chris Klein's knowledge of what Greg Vanny brings to the table. And I think that's also I think uh, to Kevin Baxter's article that's something Greg Vanny was looking to. Um, what, what do you take that as, uh, Greg Vanny doing the scouting for the LA galaxy? I think, uh, I think it's important for him to be a part of that conversation. I think, uh, you mentioned that the last, uh, four or five seasons for the galaxy have not been great. So as much of a, uh, of a fan that I am, uh, I'm a realist also, and understand that the product has not been there. The on the field construction hasn't worked. Uh, so I think part of that falls on, on Chris Klein because it's been during his tenure. Uh, and then part of that also falls on Dennis DeClosa because he's been overseeing it the last couple seasons, which haven't been successful either. So I think um, that's a recognition from them that they need another set of eyes, another person who's capable. And, and Greg Vanny, with his experience of the league, uh, coaching in the league, he, he sees all these players play. He knows what the talent level is in this league, uh, you know, going to MLS cups, winning supporters shields, he understands what level a player will get you there. So I think it's important to have him part of the conversation and being part of that scouting team, uh, as far as how those responsibilities get divvied up and who's doing what exactly, uh, you know, that's behind the curtain stuff that we may not need to know at, at the end of the day, but the important part of the conversation is that Greg Vanny is someone with the experience and the the knowledge who's going to know, what type of player is going to cut it in, in the league and what type of player is going to help the team be successful. So I think it, it's a smart move uh, that he's not just being a head coach, that he's being involved in some of the other operations as well. Yeah. And also, right. If you want to bring in a player, like we know uh, LA galaxy, for example, they were trying to bring in Yano Gonzalez, let's be, but he was, he was from, from, you know, I think it was come from Brazil or whatever. Mm-hmm. There was COVID circumstances. Greg Vanny has 
resources within MLS. He knows what players will give you what. If if the down down the road in the season they may need a defender or you know a midfield and stuff like that, his network is within the MLS. And I really do feel like you don't really have to go that far to get you know some solid defenders, maybe some midfielders, you know, maybe some attacking forwards. But I think that is what it's really gonna you know be a key piece for 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 the LA Galaxy because you know you can have those resources right there and Greg Vatty knows who to call who to who to reach out to and also understands the tan gam and everything that I'm still trying to understand myself <laughs> right and I think yeah everybody else is but I think that's that's really that's really one exciting thing because you know him having a say in that it, it, it's just gonna be exciting and you know with everything that Greg Vanny has done um you know like I said I'm excited for the future of the LA Galaxy I also want to get into um you know Dennis the close today uh spoke and he was he was talk he was asked obviously about the the Christian Pavone situation and he said that they you know I'm just going to paraphrase here that they initially declined the, the initial offer which was a 20 million and that's something we all knew but he also mentioned that you know the conversations allude to the conversations are still ongoing but I kind of got the sense that um Obviously, they're not in a rush uh, with the Christian Pavone situation, but I also kind of got the sense that they're sticking to whatever, you know, what, whatever they're willing to pay for and they're not going to budge. You know, uh, Dennis, the close mention mentioning the circumstances. I'm assuming he talked about COVID and that, you know, that, that price tag might not be there. And what I've been hearing from the Boca side is that, you know, they're looking for a certain price price range and it, and it looks like Boca may not budge. And, you know, LA Galaxy may not budge on what they want to do because, Dennis DeCloski also mentioned that, you know, he has a, he has an extended network and I got the sense that, you know, they're, they're, they're staying at their number. And if they can't get Pavone for whatever reason, I think Dennis DeCloski is definitely going to reach into his network. Did, did you see it that way as well? Yeah. I, I, right now, I think the leverage is all in the galaxy's hands. I yep. think I've, I've been following uh, the saga, just like I know you've been following and reporting on it every day. It seems like there's a new development the negotiations are ongoing the negotiations are off the galaxy have made their final offer uh, and then two days later now the galaxy have really made their final offer and then another three days well now they've really really it so it just seems like it keeps escalating forward and i think the reason the galaxy have all the leverage is because pavone is not practicing with the team it seems like he's holding out uh, to a certain degree so he he's made it clear uh to the boca uh club and those in charge that he wants to be in la and he he doesn't want to play for Boca because of the issues that have been there. And so I think Dennis DeCosa and the Galaxy see that as them having leverage. So they're not willing, they're not going to pay more uh, to get a player who's not, you know, who wants to be there. You know, they don't need to do any persuading, you know, the, they have the balls in their court. And so I think it falls on, on Boca on where, where, do, where are they willing to cut their losses? So are they willing to make a player upset, a player who has, you know, a lot of upside and a lot of talent. And if you believe that he's worth more than that eight to 10 million or whatever, uh, that that basement is number that the galaxy are offering. If you believe he's more than that, then you need to showcase him on the field and shop him around and not make him upset. And so they, they're kind of playing with fire a little bit as well. So the, the one thing is the deadline has passed. So, it, you know, they can shop him around to other clubs if he's worth that. And there are other clubs who are interested Boca's welcome to go around and, and see if any other club, you know, in Europe or in, if there are other clubs in South America who they want to ship them to and get more money. Uh, the the market value is the market value. If someone's if someone's willing to pay 15 million for Pavone, then someone will pay 15 million per, for Pavone. But if the Galaxy are the only ones at the table and they're only offering, you know, eight million, then that's what he's worth. And if if he's if the Boca doesn't believe that, then they need to. 
do what they whatever they need to do with Pavone, whether that's increasing his salary or uh, promising playing time or whatever whatever deals they need to work out uh, to to make him happy. Because if they hope to sh- um, sell him on later on, you you need to showcase him on the field. So I think that's why the Galaxy has the leverage. Is I think they know they're the only ones in the room right now. And so if, if that does end up burning them, if Boca does find another suitor who pays more money then the Galaxy, like Dennis Acosta mentioned, has a network, they'll tap into it, and they'll start lurking. I, I'd be very su- surprised if Dennis doesn't already have uh, a plan B if Pavone doesn't plan- work through, or you know, even a, a plan B just in case there's other designated uh, players as well who you know, you never know who might come around and, and, and drop the, the money at your table to, to take uh, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos or Javier Hernandez as, you know, as troubled seasons as they had recently. You know, that's an option too. So you always have to have something in your back pocket just in case that uh, designated player uh, spot becomes available. Because I, I don't imagine a club like the Galaxy leaves that spot empty. So that, that I, I think that's why the Galaxy have all the leverage. They're, they're, they're holding firm to their hand because I think they know uh, that it, if they get them, great. And they'll get them at a price that they're comfortable paying. And if they don't, then they'll, they'll look into other options to, to fill that gap. Yeah, and just to just add on to what you said, I, I'm with you. I feel like the Galaxy um, have all the leverage, especially now that, you know, Pavon's not even showing up with Boca. And, you know, yeah. Boca's playing, you know, Copa Libertadores are playing, you know, all these games, right? And, you you know, you have other clubs around the world that know what Boca is. But, like, if they don't see Pavon play for Boca, then, you know, the, the, his, his value can't go as high. They can't go that much higher. You know, if they want 15 or 20 million, I don't think it could go out. But I can also see a team from Saudi Arabia coming in and be like, we'll give you 20 million. Yeah. We want to get rid of Pavone because of the whole situation. I could see that happening, but I'm with you. I definitely feel like the Galaxy have the leverage. I feel like to a certain extent, um, but I also feel like Galaxy, um, there's going to come a point in time if they can't get, you know, a deal that they're, they're already thinking of potential who they can bring on. And I think uh, the season doesn't start till, I, well, I, I don't know exactly. I'm assuming, I think I'm hearing at the end of March. Yeah. You know, it could be March, it could be April, who knows, but Galaxy have time, have, have yeah. time. Boca Juniors is right now playing games. You know, they're, yeah. they're playing games and they're playing, you know, uh, top games right now in their season. And I think that's what makes it a little bit more stressful. And it's also, they've also showed that they don't have Pavone's best interests. Um, that, and that's what I'm reading into because yeah. Him not showing up, him, you know, in the, how the negotiations are going for them. It's it's really looking bad on Boca's side. And I think the more Pavone holds out, I think the value starts to drop for him. And, and especially if they start to chop him to other to other teams. And I and we also get to see how good of a, you know, a negotiator Dennis DeClose is, you know. Because, uh, you know, talking to yeah. him, he, he's not, I mean, he's he's been around the game for a long time. He's not really stressed about it. He's just, okay, you know, this is how we're going to go. And I, and I see him calmly playing it, you know, just being patient. You know, if an offer comes at the right time, we're going to strike. But if not, you know, we're, like you said, we're going to tap into that network. And I, and I think that's, you know, especially now with having the head coach and announcing uh, Greg Vanny as, as a head coach. And even Greg Vanny, you know, acknowledged that, you know, he would like to have uh, Christian Pavone back. And and, that, and, we, and that's exciting because, you know, you you want the head coach to also want the, the player that all the fans want to have. Right. And yeah. it's, it's easy not to, it's, you know, it's hard not to like uh, Christian Pavone on the way he played with this team. But I think when you start to look forward, um, let's say, for example, they, they don't get Christian Pavone, whatever. Do you look, if you're there like galaxy, do you look for another winger? I'm assuming you have to look for another winger, right? 
Yeah, that, that, that's there's a couple things at play here, just to kind of circle back to what you were saying, is the transfer window situation as well. Right now, you know, you're looking at a winter transfer window in Europe. So if you're going to strike on a big name superstar and try to swoop in on them now before uh, the MLS season starts, which who knows if with COVID concerns and uh, player negotiations and, and with the players union, who knows if that's going to happen, you know, by the end of February, end of March. So the likelihood of you getting a superstar level player uh, in the winter window is low. Uh, but also, so when you look at the summer window, that's really when you would want to strike. Cause you think that's maybe when you'd start to see fans start to come back in, cause you're not going to get it at the beginning of the season. So that's when you want to make your big splash to try to get people in the stadium. So they really have until the summer kind of to make that big move. And I think that's why you're seeing uh, Dennis playing it slow because he knows if we don't get Pavone, we have, basically until the summer to make that big splash. As far as the position of need, I'm kind of a, I don't think I'm alone in this, but I think the position that the Galaxy have really missed is that that Cam, that central attacking midfielder, the the, the maestro who pulls the, the strings. And I know when Pavone was first announced as, you know, the nickname was the maestro and Bravo Pavone, but he, he was really more of a winger and more of a forward, uh, you know, you know, to finish and to, to create chaos on the wing. Uh, he wasn't someone who set up a lot of people. He did have a lot of assists and, and he, um, you know, worked well with others, but I don't think you would say he, you'd describe him as someone who pull, pulled the strings in the midfield. So I think that's the type of player that the galaxy have, have lacked for, you know, you know, maybe half a decade, you know, you know, five to six years, maybe beyond that since, you know, uh, Juninho and Sarvis were in there, their prime, you know, and even going back to the original days of Cienfuegos, he was someone who was just, you know, boss that midfield and they need some, to me, that's, that's someone who you'd want to get. And I think you could fill uh, with Vanny's connections and with the closest connections, you can fill an outside winger with maybe, you know, someone on a loan deal. I think of someone like last season with Uriel Antuna, uh, you know, or now it's now two seasons ago. I have to correct myself now that we're in the new year. Twenty-one. Uh, Exactly. <laughs> so, but someone like that who you're able to get on a loan and they they do a job, uh, and then you you know they go back or and then they go on and do big things. Or if you're able to sign them and keep them, that's great. I think you could fill that winger role with someone, uh, you know, maybe a little less high profile. So I think going for that that maestro, that superstar, that person in the middle, that central attacking midfielder. Uh, I think that's the type of player that they need to sign someone, you know, when, if you go back to Toronto, like Giovinco, like Pozuelo, th- those guys made a huge difference on those Toronto teams and made them wildly successful uh, because they complemented all the other pieces so well. So I think that's the type of player uh, that they would look for. So, you know, I'm not Dennis, I don't know what's in his mind on, on who that replacement would be. Uh, but if I were him, that's, that's the type of player I'd be looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm with you on that. I, I definitely do feel like the midfield, um, you know, it's somewhere where they need to strengthen. I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of you know, even the defense. Uh, Ralph is not here. Uh, what's the name on the left left back? I can't even say his Ra- name. Or Insua, Insua, yeah, Insua. He's. I don't think he's he's going to come back. So like you know, you got, you have the whole back line that you know that you're you're going to have to address, right? And I don't I don't think that's going to be an issue for Greg Vanny because of the way he he likes to play. But also goalkeeper, you know, goalkeeper is also a situation. And I don't think they're going to use a DP spot on any of those things, yeah. right? But uh, like I said, I, I definitely do think in the in the midfield, uh, that's that's definitely a, a player piece that they're, they're going to want to add if they don't if they're not able to get Pavone. Another thing that I really thought it was um, very interesting is uh, is when um, you know D- Dennis was asked about 
just just a number of things but uh, sorry um i meant to say greg on chicharito he was asked on how he was going to be be able to incorporate chicharito and he called him a world a world-class scorer or a striker and you know it was a lot of optimism there um you know about chicharito and you know as we know like chicharito did not have the best season with the la galaxy and but it seems like greg vanny understands how to get the best of him he knows he's a he's a box you know box to box guy he's gonna score within there and he, he also you know talked about how you know it's a whole team effort in order to help him be able to score because he, he can score and you know him just acknowledging that and knowing what type of player he also said he he had he had not met him yet he wants to get to know him a little bit better um what do you think greg vanny can do to chicharito to help him elevate his game this next season i think uh you know this is why we we kind of walked away fired up from that press conference is because vanny really said all the right things and i think uh when you have someone who was the big superstar forward and is coming off a disappointing season uh, and maybe underperformed, you want that new coach to come in. You want to, you want to hear your coach have confidence in you and to, to sing your praises and to build you up and to not look at you as a burden. And so I think he said those things to inspire Chicharito and, and because of the pedigree that he has, even if, you know, he didn't, he had a subpar season. Uh, One of the things that he mentioned is that, uh, you know, Chicharito is the type of player who suits the way he manages. So he, the way he coaches his team, he sets it up for the type of a type of player like him. So I think um, you, you kind of covered it and he kind of covered it when he said it's not, he knows that he has the finishing ability. It's just a matter of setting him up, uh, putting the players around him and putting a system in place. That's going to feed him and suit his uh, suit his strengths. He mentioned that he's a clever player and able to find space uh, in the box and to find those spots to take those shots. So I think um, it's, it's all about game planning and strategizing and, and you know, there's going to be this whole XOs and O's conversation about formations and what formations are going to work best. Uh, and I think that that's how he's going to get the most out of Chicharito is not necessarily, you know, throwing him out there and, and asking him to do a lot. It's going to be putting other players in a position to let Chicharito do his own thing so they can set him up to be successful. So uh, I think he acknowledged that and he said all the right things to, to inspire your, your big name signing uh, and to keep him happy and to let you know that he was part of the plans. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, we know last season it, it seemed like, you know, GBS was looking at Chicharito to do everything up top. And obviously that's not the type of striker he is, or, you know, drop of forward he is. Um, but, you know, it, it's exciting if you're Chicharito, right? We even saw him post on his Instagram, you know, post about, you know, Greg Vanny, post about him. And we've been seeing him post, I think, since the, the end of the last season. And it, it, I, I get a sense that he's he's more engaged. You know, he's posting that he, he's running up, running Canyon and all these things. And those are uh, great signs that you want to see from, you know, from, from, your, from your superstar, you know, and I think now he's in the right mindset. I know he had talked about, you know, he was going through a lot of things at the end of the season. And, you know, it's, I think you also got to be excited of what Chicharito can bring this next season. But um, I think the only way you're excited is he has to win the fans over, right? Yeah. yeah. Not just, not just, not just posting about the team, but he has to score goals. He, you know, they got to win. Right. Because uh, what my radar is sensing that a lot of people are still down on Chicharito. Yeah. You're, you're, you're speaking my language here as someone who's a student of Instagram and really looks, <laughs> looks for all those little details and to pick up on those things. I think as the season went on last year, uh, fans got kind of tired of, of, of Chicharito not being there and not necessarily showing up. 
and and they were calling him out rightfully so and i think it was pretty late on the in the season when he started to see the chicharito la galaxy instagram spree you know kind of happen and you know he, there were some photo shoots that happened and he 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 made sure to uh, you know say all the right things and do all the right things to kind of try to get the fan base and there, there's a section of the fan base who there's a few sections one there's some people who just didn't want him from the start and he has his own set of haters on there and you were never going to win those people over then you have uh you know a sect of fans uh who probably like myself who hoped for the best understand that possibly his best days are behind him but that he can still contribute to this team and were disappointed with his performance uh and so i and i think you have people who love him and are going to love him regardless so i think it's the those that section in the middle where he, he disappointed, that's who you want to win back. And I think you're right. He's saying all the right things and he's posting saying he's excited, uh, you know, as someone who follows all the players and, and tries to look for those things, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos, uh, Julian Araujo, Chicharito, there weren't a lot of players that post about those were the players said that they were excited about it. And uh, I think it's fair to bring up uh, kind of his personal uh, turmoil that it seems like, it seems apparent that that there was some stuff going on in his personal life last season. And I think you have to realize that these players are human as well. I mm-hmm. think if, if you or I, or if you've anyone who's gone through, uh, you know, any type of split up or any type of, you know, having, you know, a new child come into the family and then with, throw in the pandemic, throw in a move, all those things. If, if you've gone through any of those things and then have all them all happen at once, these are human beings and they're going to be affected. And it would affect me at my work if those things happened to me. So this is his job. And so you can tell something was different. He, he's been off something just, it wasn't clicking with him. So the, the, the positive spin on is you're seeing him re-engaged. You're seeing him look like he's, he's got a breath of fresh air. You're seeing him look like he wants to prove himself. And so he really has all the ammo that he needs to go out and now uh, you know, shut up the haters and, and say, you know, okay, I'm back. I, I can do it. I can hang in here. And and the posts weren't just for for posts. They they were. I, I'm now able to back them up. So I think that's the positive. Is he wasn't doing it before, and you saw his game suffer. So now he's doing it, and it's almost like a a Levar Ball speak it into existence. If he keeps doing it. He keeps saying all these positive things. The secret. I'm going to make good things happen, and, and it eventually will will come through. So hopefully, it ends up on that case that it's not just all talk. That uh, he has the results to back it up. I, I I personally, you know, I'm a homer. I'm biased. I think he's going to have a bounce back here. Uh, it's not hard to have a better season than he did last year, but I think he's going to have a, a much better season this season. Yeah. And, that, and that, that's what I was going to say too. It was, it was like, it's not, you know, you don't got to do much to have a better yeah. season than you did last <laughs> year, but we're also, we're also a country of second chances. You know, we're also yeah. willing to give people second chances too. And, you know, Chicharito had, deserves a second chance, right? Um, not everybody would agree that, but if you're a galaxy fan, you got to give him a second chance. Cause you paid him the money. So, you know, yeah. you gotta, gotta, <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He ain't going anywhere. So you got to <laughs> give him that second chance. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, everything, everything looks, looks like it's, it's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be uh, Chicharito is going to be uh, put in a, in a, a lot of chances to succeed this year. Um, uh, Greg Vanny was also asked about, you know, the type of formation and how he was going to play. And I just kind of want to read a quote. This is his, his initial quote when he was asked this. He said, it's imperative that we define right away what our style of play is. An understanding as players, as staff and front office, it determines what players we get and bring and they have to fit into our style of play, end quote. And I really love that. I, I love mm-hmm. that. Because that tells you from, you know, like I said, players, staff, and front office. And I felt like the last couple, last four years, it wasn't like that. There was no one that spoke that 
that language, right? Yeah. You know that, hey, if we get a player, we have to know that, you know, this is the type of player. Is he going to fit in our system? Which a lot of the clubs in the world tend to do, right? That's, yeah. That's no brainer, right? But no, we had not seen that from the LA Galaxy these last four years. There was just too much turmoil, too much turnover in the head coaching. You know, you lost Slotan, you lost so many different players. And I think, you know, him saying that is just, it's saying everything that the Galaxy had been missing. And I think once, you know, obviously that style, we can see what he did with Toronto, but once that style is defined, with the other galaxy, you're going to start to see like, okay, us as fans, us as media, does that player really fit in? No, he's not going to fit in, in, in Greg Rowney's system. Okay. That defender, that, that forward, that midfield, he fits in. And then you can speculate a little bit more. Um, you know, what are, what were your thoughts on, on the words that he said? Yeah. It, it's interesting. Uh, I, I took it a little bit different that he, you know, he wants to see the players develop a, a side. So it doesn't seem like he's coming in with a set, this is my, my style. This is how I play. And and this is how we're going to, we need players to fit. It's he's going to see the resources that he has, and then he's going to figure out the system that's going to work best for the club. Uh, and I think that's, that's a good thing because I think we were sold on this, the, the GBS system, this atta- attacking style uh, football, atta- attacking soccer where the four, three, three, and it's all out attack. And it just seemed like either the pieces didn't fit or the system or the, the, the formation or the strategy wasn't there. And it just didn't seem like it, that system, whatever this, you know, famed system that we were supposed to be getting, it didn't seem like it worked. So I think it's a smart thing to say, let's see what we have, develop a system and then stick with it. Once it starts working, being adaptable, I think is, is a huge thing. And so the the funny part that I kind of laugh at a little bit is uh, you know, someone opened with a question about formations to Chris Klein and it's, you know, Chris Klein's not going to answer questions about formations, but yeah. he mentioned, well, the galaxy have a style and the, the galaxy have a way of playing. And I, I, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think the galaxy want to win. And so you win and whatever system gets you there, whether that's parking the bus or whether that's scoring five goals a game, the system, you know, your style of play should be whatever gets you the most wins at the end of the day. And I think that's what I took from that Vanny quote is he's going to take the ingredients as he has, and he's going to figure out the system what works best, make it work and then move forward. And then uh, it seems to me like he's going to be able to adapt and maybe be a little bit more open to being more fluid with his lineups and his, uh, his system. Uh, because I think when you talk to him, it's more about, you know, I, I've looked up some clips on him and, and I heard him talk about it in interviews. It's more about the culture. It's more about fighting and, 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 you know, working and the, building that rapport. And I know that sounds a little, you know, rah, rah, you know, not as, not as uh, technical, but I think that there's something to that. Some of the best teams in the world are the teams that build that chemistry and that, that have that, that X factor. You know, you look at someone like Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool and with his time uh, at Dortmund, he'd take his players and, you know, go on these wilderness walks and have them develop these bonds. And that's what made those teams special. It wasn't necessarily the tactics. The tactics need to be there, obviously, but it's those little extra things uh, that I think Vanny is going to be able to bring and unlock. Uh, that it's he's not coming in with a, a stubborn mindset. He's coming in wanting to find the system that works and then pulling it together to make them successful. Yeah, no, and, and I'm with that. And and, and uh, you know that that's what I saw, right? It was it was it was that, and I think that's what that's also what the LA Galaxy uh, were lacking. Yeah. Even last year, last season, I you know I felt like a lot of the you know some of the players you know they you know, uh, they weren't as a, as a team or it just didn't appear, you know, you see, you see how they play on the field and then you see what they post on social media and they just, 
last year, you know, it was a crazy year, but you also saw a team of individuals, you know, at mm-hmm. least that's how I saw it. It was, it was just, I think that's fair, team, yeah. you know, team of individuals and, you know, um, not saying that one was better than the other, but it was just, it just wasn't a collective group. It wasn't a unit, you know, uh, even when you had Slatan, Slot, I mean, Slatan is Slatan, right? But even then, sometimes it was mostly all about Slatan and how do we make this work about Slatan? It wasn't necessarily like, hey, let's make this work as a team, you know? Yeah. Um, and, that, and, I, and I think that, like I said, like that's, you know, some of the security that Greg Vanny is going to bring to this team. And, and you know, and you're going to want that with, you know, a unit that, you know, organization, the front offense that has not had that the stability, um, you know, and I think, I think, I think with with the LA Galaxy having him at the helm, it's going to fix a lot of the things. You know, it definitely is going to fix a lot of things. But if you're the LA Galaxy, right, you the goal is to win MLS Cup, right, to win trophies and everything like that. But there has to be some realistic goals as of right now, right? You're obviously getting the roster, once to get the roster built. But you have to get better than last year, right? And then last year, the LA Galaxy didn't make the playoffs. And I think that's one, if not, like that's on the list, right? So yeah. how do how do... How does this team get back into the playoffs? I think, I think, I think it comes back to roster construction. I think you have players who, on paper, were supposed to deliver and they didn't. Uh, whether it was through injury or through just you know not not being successful on the field, uh, and then you had holes on your roster where it just seems like the players who you're putting on the field just didn't have it. And so I think it, it comes down to roster construction and. Uh, motivating the players that you do have who are going to play a role. Uh, you know, someone like Sebastian Legette had one of his better seasons, but unfortunately, you know, not a lot of other people on the other on the team had good seasons like that. So how do you keep maximizing performances from your, not your DP players, but kind of your fringe level players like a Sebastian Legette? How do you get the most out of them? And then filling those spots where there's obvious needs on the defense, you know, uh, and I, I can name all four or all four positions on the back line uh, that need improvement. So I, I think, and, and goalkeeper as well. So I think if they can backfill their roster with filling those holes, you know, one or two defenders, uh, that's going to be an upgrade from what they had last season, getting that, that engine in the middle, uh, in the midfield, kind of pulling the strings and making things working. And then I think, uh, you know, depending on what formations and how it works, I think they need another goal scorer, uh, you know, either a second striker or someone who's a goal scoring threat uh, to complement Chicharito because we know that he's not going to be able to to bear all the goal scoring load. So I think uh, you kind of build from the back, you build that spine as, as most teams uh, do, you know, a solid goalkeeper, you know, one or two solid defenders one midfielder who's pulling those strings and then a goal scoring threat. And I think you can be successful. So that that's a lot to ask for. <laughs> and I think not making the playoffs that this season, the bare minimum making playoffs becomes like, and I, I know that a very low bar given uh, the success that the galaxy have had in, in recent years, but Greg, um, Danny mentioned in the press conference that he likes to build things. He's a process driven coach and he, this is going to be a process. And I know that's something that galaxy fans are sick of hearing is trust the process, but he is a first year coach and you're, you're, I don't think it's realistic to say MLS cup 2021. It's, it's going to happen. I think the bar needs to be set at getting into the playoffs. And I think even with the roster that they have, which I believe is lacking a lot of talent, I think with the right coach and the right system in place, the the parity in this league, any team on any given day can beat another one. So I think if you have the right coach in place, 
you could make the playoffs. I mean, you look at a, a team like, like San Jose, you look at those players and you said that that doesn't really wow you, but what Almeida was able to do and coach them up, he, he was able to get them in the playoffs. And I think a good coach can get you that. So if, if Vanny is worth uh, what we think he's worth, I think getting into the playoffs should be the goal. And I think, uh, you know, that that's a fair expectation to start for your first season. Yeah. And, and just to add with you, I think we should come up with a different slogan instead of trust the process. Yeah. Cause that, that, that's <laughs> been, I, 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 no, trust me, it feels a lot different saying that with Greg Vanny, but I feel like Greg Vanny is fresh, man. I, I feel yeah. like they, I, I feel like he needs a little, a little, di- something a little different, different, a little bit different flavor. Cause he, he's coming in hot and he's coming in good, you know, yeah, we'll work on a new hashtag for it. <laughs> exactly, we'll rebrand, yeah. rebrand the process. Yeah. So let, let me ask you, um, who, who, who do who do they go a goalkeeper? Are they are, is it is it going to be Klinsman? Are they going to you know bring back Bingham? Are they they're going to look they're going to look into their network and you think they bring somebody out outside of the LA Galaxy network? Uh, to me, given the choice between the two, I go with Klinsman. I rate Klinsman a little bit higher than Bingham. I think Bingham uh, was liable for for at least one one mistake a game, and then on his bad days, he had. Uh, you know, two or three mistakes, which could be costly. That's all it takes. If you, if you keep a game close, but your goalkeeper makes one or two mistakes that can cost you the game. And and that happened with him in goal. So I think his best days uh, are definitely behind him. I, I don't have that trust in him. I think with Klinsman, you're getting someone who's younger, uh, maybe a little bit hungrier uh, from what I saw. I, the eye test told me that he was better than what his results were. If you go at his stats and you look at his goals against, he got absolutely wrecked in goal last season you know the games that he started were some of the games where the galaxy let in the most goals uh so you have that argument is the de- is it the defense is it the goalkeeper uh but i saw a little bit more uh from Klingsman. so i think if they can get him uh at a reasonable reasonable price because i know the knock is that his his price tag was a little bit high for what is essentially going to be a backup goalkeeper um if they can get him at the right price i think he can fight for a starting spot and there's something there so if they don't go with Bingham, then I think they probably need to look outside, uh, whether it's, you know, domestically within the league and to look for another keeper who's who's ready to a starting level keeper who's out of a job who they can fill that role with, um, you know, outside of the league, wasting an international spot on a goalkeeper is always difficult for me. So especially when, uh, you know, America produces so many talented goalkeepers, I think you can fill that with a domestic spot so you can save those international spots uh, for more positions of value. So, um, so I think it's all going to be on the scouting network and what were they able to bring in? I I'd bring back Klingsman and then I would also look for someone else. So you can have two people fighting, uh, for those jobs. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, uh, just watching him being at the games, um, you know, Klingsman did get scored on, but let's, let's be honest. Also the galaxy defense was not that good in certain, yeah. certain games, you know, they, they gave up more goals and, uh, you know, whether it was Klingsman or it was David Bingham, they still gave up goals. And I, he definitely has more upside than David Bingham. You know, he yeah. definitely has a lot more upside. There's just, just certain things that, you know, you can't do. You can't stop goals coming in when your defense keeps, keeps getting beat, right? Keeps getting yeah. beat on the counterattack. And that's what we saw a lot um, from the LA Galaxy uh, last season. Um, and to move over to another topic, we had uh, Sebastian Legette, which you mentioned. He was named uh, to the U.S. Uh, roster, you know, for this uh, for this winter roster. Um, and also uh, LA Galaxy's Julian Araujo was named to the U23 team. Um, that has to be exciting, right? That Greg Berhalter in the U.S. men's national team 
Like they're a believer in Sebastian Leger. Uh, Sebastian Leger looks different when he plays for the national team, and um, and it's good to see you know Joel Naranjo uh, again also getting called up. I think he's going to be more. I think he's going to be that focal point of the U23. I think that the depth at right back uh, on the you know on the men's senior team is is, is uh, you have a lot. You know you have Sergio Des who's at you know Barcelona, and you have you have a couple of different you know Reggie Cannon who's also in Europe. So I, I really do see Joel Naranjo you know playing at the U23, potentially a start starting for them. Um, what does it say about this team and, you know, having the U.S. men called up by those two players? I think it's all intertwined in terms of confidence and performance. I think it was not a coincidence that Legit, when he was playing uh, his best, got called up to the national team uh, and then came back and was playing well. And it was that injury, unfortunately, that set him off track. But once he got back in the mix with the national team, you saw his confidence increase and then you saw his play increase. And I think him knowing that he's a staple uh, of the national team with Greg Berhalter and he's, you know, having that confidence that he knows that he's one of the most called on players, whether you agree with that decision or not, he's someone who's consistent on that team. I think he was one of one of the only players who played every game uh, for the U S national team last season. Uh, I think that helps your confidence when you come back to play at the club level, it gives you that extra little boost that, you know, I'm a national team level player and you kind of carry yourself, your chest is puffed up a little bit more uh, and it helps you out. And I think you see that with the Rajo as well. Uh, when he got, gets his call up uh, and you hear the rumors swirling that, you know, there are clubs sniffing around looking for him, you know, that makes you play with a little bit more confidence. It gives you a little extra edge. So you want players on your roster who are getting called up to the national team uh, because it gives you that extra confidence and it gives kind of inspires all the players around you as well to say, okay, if this I'm in training with this guy every day and he's a national team level player, uh, then this give, that gives you a benchmark to either raise your game or figure out where you're at. Uh, so I think it's a good thing. It's the blessing and the curse also because with international duty, you do lose them uh, to, you know, for part of the season. So that's where building your team uh, with depth becomes important. And I think uh, Araujo probably more so uh, than Lejet this year, because I know the Olympics are going to be uh, this year and it's mostly a youth team. So I think uh, that's an extended tournament where it's going to be out for more, probably a longer, longer amount of time. Uh, so I think that might be a bigger hit, but it's, it's good for him to get that experience representing the country uh, and getting that confidence kind of playing at a top level uh, internationally. That way he can come back with that experience and have another feather in his cap, uh, you know, to, to produce for the galaxy as well. Yeah, and, and that's what I was going to mention too, uh, the depth. You know, the depth is definitely going to be tested, uh, you know, with those two players, you know, with also, you know, World Cup qualifying, even, you know, if Sebastian Legette makes the makes the final roster. I mean, he's played every single game. He played at, last year, he played every, or he was, I think he played every game for the men's so. national team yeah. last year. So, I mean, that he was the only player to do that. Um, you know, he also traveled with the European team, um, European-based team, I should say, out there. And you know, like, you're right, you know, you know, when Joel Naranjo is, is gone, you know, playing in the Olympics or wherever, we assume he'll be playing with the national team. Um, you know, that depth, right? We're going to we're gonna have to see who's, who is going to be his backup because we're assuming that legit, as of right now, legit and Naranjo are going to be starters for the LA Galaxy for this upcoming season. And when you lose those players, and right now, I don't think, I don't think we know the schedules of the Olympics or when the men's national teams are going to play those games. We don't know that. We'll probably get to know that within the next couple of months. So I think you're also going to get tested with with that depth 
Um, but I also think it's exciting, you know, it's exciting that, you know, the Galaxy players are still able to be called up and, you know, you get those guys that be up there. Um, you know, there was a, like there was a rumors and speculations. Uh, well, there was a report by ESPN that Juventus was looking at, you know, uh, uh, Joan Araujo. And, you know, when you were, and you're starting to see, I feel like that's the trend. You're starting to see a lot more U.S. players, U.S. US base players, MLS players uh, start to get looked at because of what Weston McKinney is doing, Christian Pulisic and uh, Gio Reyna, you know, Dortmund. Uh, there's a lot more eyes. And if it goes well for Julian Araujo, this could potentially be the last, maybe last couple uh, games, months for for, uh, for Araujo, if that, you know, the summer window or the, the last year with the LA Galaxy, and they could potentially sell them for, uh, you know, for, you know, 10 million, 15 million, I don't know, you name it, but yeah. they, they have a player there that, you know, a lot of teams are going to want come this summer window. Yeah. And I think, uh, like, like you mentioned, it's kind of like the hot trend right now is young American defenders who are, are, are being successful and the more successful they are overseas, the more they'll get those looks. But to your point, that's exactly the type of player you want on the galaxy is you want a player who, wants to go to Europe and wants to play so well that he drives his stock up. So people notice him, uh, he, you know, if he knows that, you know, uh, Juventus's eyes are on him, you know, he, he you're, that's going to give you that little extra something, that little extra motivation that you're going to try to show out when you're playing for the galaxy, because you want to look good, uh, you know, for your club team to get noticed. So I, I think that's, it's a win-win situation because as a young player, you know, you kind of get to live your dream and go play at one of these major uh, clubs in Europe. Uh, and then the club benefits from it as well, because you're going to get someone who's a top level talent with a lot of people here to, to say he came from our system. You know, we, we develop players like that here uh, and that, you know, it's all a cycle. And then you get more young players who want to come and say, okay, this young guy was when he was 20, he was plucked out of the galaxy. So when I'm, you know, 15, 16 years old, you see it with some of the Academy players now, I want to go play for the Galaxy Academy and get in that system. So when I, you know, get to that age, I get snapped up by a big club because I know the eyes are there. So as long it's it just it helps all the parties involved. Yeah, no, and then I think that's also what a lot of people may want to see this season too is what 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 who is the next young um, young player for the Galaxy to come up. You know, we, we know we the Galaxy have Los Dos. I'm not too familiar with, with the players there, um, and so I can't really speak on that. But who you know that's that's if, if Joel Araujo was able to make that leap into Europe, you know, that really is going to open up the door for a lot of people to come up. And, you know, you also got the other team across town, you know, they got, they got, they got their Academy going on. So it's like, you know, if you're the other galaxy, you really want to nurture Joel Araujo and make this happen and get them to potentially the highest point there, because there's a lot of competition going on uh, in, ju- in just Southern California. And I feel like that, you know, um, with I'm really interested to see what Greg Vanny does with with the scouting, the recruiting, and those young players coming up. You know, we also see uh, Efrain Alvarez, who also got called called up. Uh, I think it was in December, but he he still has to make a decision whether he wants to play for the U.S. Men's National Team or the Mexican National Team. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on uh, on Efrain Alvarez? I think I'm a little bit torn on him. Uh, I feel like. Uh, he hasn't lived up to the potential. I think there's a lot of promise that came uh, with Efrain, and he, it just to me, he hasn't, for one reason or another, he hasn't been able to get a coach to give him the playing time that he needs to be successful. So that tells you that he's either, uh, you know, not impressing in training to earn that spot, 
or you know he something is happening that when he gets on the field he's not necessarily giving those stellar performances that make you say i need this person on the field for the next game i think you saw that with araho when he played you said okay this player, you know, he does have some faults, a little rough around the edges, but you you need this player back on the roster uh, the next time this team plays. And Efrain, during certain games, he'd come on the field and maybe wouldn't wouldn't make that instant impact. Uh, so I, I've been a little bit underwhelmed and disappointed. I think, uh, you know, last season was kind of a, a time to put up or shut up for him. I think he needed to to start to make that mark, and that maybe that's cruel for someone of his age, still eighteen, still very young got a lot of career in front of you to make that leap. Uh, but I, it's just because his name has been around so long, you keep waiting for it to happen, waiting for it to happen. And I'm just fearful that we're just going to keep waiting for it to happen, waiting for it to happen. And then the next thing you know, he ends up at a USL side or in, and it just never really clicks for him. So I want him to do well. I, I think he shows flashes that he has talent there, but I just haven't seen him put that, that full performance together that tells me this is going to be an important piece of the team moving forward. So, uh, you know, you mentioned young players, uh, they signed someone to the academy, Alex Alcala. Uh, he's someone who was highly touted in the, the Mexican youth system. Oh and yeah. Some of the yeah videos, the, the, he's like yeah. 15 years old, right? Like 15. Exactly. Some of the yep. videos that he's been posting, he has, he has that extra sizzle. He has that extra mm-hmm. something. And it's almost like he's the Efrain that we thought we were going to get. So it's, it's <laughs> almost like he's, he's the guy that's actually going to do it. And Efrain was the person who we were promised. So, you know, as a fan, I'd love to see Efrain take that next step and, and be successful, but I just haven't seen it. And I don't, uh, I'm not hopeful that we're, that he's going to be a big part of this team moving forward. Yeah. I, I think, I think, well, I just want to see uh, what happens with him. And also, like you mentioned, Joel Naranjo, he has to clean up, you know, some of his aggressive aggressiveness. And I want to see what Efrain and Julian, how they developed with Greg Banny at the helm. Cause I, I have a, I have a feeling that they may, that this is where you'll see, like you said, to this point, I think I give him this one extra year and we see where Alfrain Alvarez, how he does with Greg Vanny. And if, if it doesn't look promising, then I think you, you, you probably saw the best that you may get at Alfrain. If not, then you may see him explode and, you know, do what everything we thought. And same thing with Julian Araujo. I think, you know, it's obviously a different case, but, you know, I think if you're able to help Julian Araujo clean up some of the things, you know, not get red cards and those different things that, you know, that cost, you know, that cost him and also hurt the team. I think, uh, you know, I think that Greg Vanny can definitely get the best out of these two young guys. And, you know, it's, it's exciting. I think, I think you, you have to be with everything we've talked about today. Uh, if you're a galaxy fan, you have to be very optimistic, you know, of what's, of what's to come. Um, have you had a prediction, you know, this is way ahead, you know, we're in January, how, and we'll, we'll look back at this. How do you think the LA galaxy do in the 2021 season? I think, I think that they do well enough to make it to the playoffs. I think uh, after that, I think they're playing with house money. If they get there, I think with the the turmoil that they've had in the last few years, getting into the playoffs consistently, I think needs to be the goal. And I, I could see them, with Greg Vanny installing a new system and players who were underperforming, maybe being motivated to play a little bit better. I think you get a little bit more out of your, your team this season. Uh, we saw it with um, you with, with Scalotto, there was a little bit of a drop and then they got a bump from having a new manager and there was some excitement there. And then, you know, as the season went on, we, we saw some things happen. So I think you're going to get a bump from a new manager who's going to inspire their players to do a little bit better. And I think you could see the galaxy making in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be like a, a number one or a number two seed. 
but I think you could see them maybe at like a, you know, four or five, maybe hosting a playoff game, but at the very least uh, getting in and getting an away playoff game in there. I, I, I could see that happening. And then uh, you can cut to October and you can play this back and say, man, Eric was so wrong on that. Yeah, he he did not get that at all. They were, <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, we'll have to see how it goes because I, you know, I'm with you. I th- I think that the playoffs, you know, it's then anything can happen in the playoffs. A team can get hot, or you know, it could just be a one and done. But I think that that's the expectation that everybody has. And you know, just to go what your what your shirt says, uh, loyalty over trends. I think that's something you're getting from Greg Vanny. And, you know, that's absolutely what that, what the DNA and everything that's been going on here. Well, Eric, it's been fun having you, man. Uh, it's been great. Let the people know that where to follow you if they have, if they don't know, if they, have, they already don't follow you. Yeah. Uh, as always, you can, you know, we mentioned it. You can listen to me on the corner of the galaxy podcast. So you can follow that show on all the social media platforms. It's at galaxy podcast. If you want to follow me personally, my uh, I'm on Twitter at hammer EV. So that's hammer like the tool. And then my initials are EV like electric vehicle. And then uh, we talked about Instagram. So I'm big on Instagram and uh, the galaxy lives uh, going on on Instagram. So you can follow me on Instagram at galaxy profile. That's galaxy P R O F O U L. Yeah, definitely give him a follow. He also gets he also gets down and dirty with the TikToks. He, you know, he's very creative with the TikToks as well. So I, I don't have that on my plugs yet. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> but that was that was something new last year. I introduced TikToks into my into my world. So at EV Hammer on EV Hammer Nine on TikTok. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't forget check, that. Check, yeah. check You're very creative, man, with all the stuff you do on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you guys don't already follow him, definitely give him a follow. Guys, if you guys enjoyed this podcast episode, make sure to give this a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And you can also listen to this podcast on Apple, on Spotify, and wherever you get your music. You can follow me at Gio Garcia LA on Twitter. And make sure to check us out on LA Soccer Hub on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and also on Facebook. We're posting all this stuff going on here. Eric, man, I really do appreciate you being on, man. It was was great having you. Um, For everybody listening. You guys have a good night. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Keep up the good work. I appreciate what you do and, and keep going and we'll, we'll see each other. Hopefully once uh, all this passes, we'll, we'll be able to get together and then enjoy some live soccer. Again.